0: So as I come to share, I just encourage you to keep uh, going to be listening to me, <laughs> hopefully. And also just be listening to God. Be just pressing into whatever God wants to do. I really believe that God's here. One of my challenges when I was thinking about what to speak uh, this morning, um, if you normally come to Winchester Vineyard, you know that we normally go through series. Um, but we decided that in August we wouldn't do a series, that we whoever was speaking could do whatever they wanted. And... Um, Initially, I was thinking about, it's August, it's a time of catching our breath, going on holidays. Some of you have been on holiday. Some of you might be going on holiday. Some of you might wish you were going on holiday. Um, and um, so I was going to do like a talk on rest and restoration, which is good. But um, um, can you still hear me all right? That's because it's poking my face. Um, but I just felt God should say that He doesn't go on holiday, and he's here, and he wants to move, and so I'd encourage you, wherever you come for, you know, sometimes people wait to think, and they'll wait to the end to ministry for God to come and, you know, get some prayer and whatever God wants to do, but God is here, and so even as I'm speaking, be listening to me, but also be listening to what God might be saying to you, what God might want to be doing in you, be it physically, emotionally, or spiritually. God is here to do all those things. And so this morning you got some notes, because you know if you know if you heard me speak before, I like to give notes. And um, a few weeks, uh, actually a few weeks ago, a couple months ago, we were doing a series called Transformation. Doesn't matter if you you weren't there, but we were just talking about our desire as a church that we want to lead our communities into life. Whatever community we might be part of, we want that community and those individuals in that community to encounter the reality of Jesus. Because when they encounter the reality of Jesus, they are never the same again. When God comes into our lives, into our situations, into our communities, he brings uh, transformation. And um, like I said, this, I was coming up to this week and I was just praying, and I was thinking, what shall I speak, when shall I do rest? And I felt like God saying, just to go back to that, and... Um, and a bit like um, a car, when you're driving a car, as as you get the wrong gear and you start to over-rev it, and you've got to just move it up a gear. I just feel like God just saying, Paul, just share a little bit this morning, and just move up a gear. Some of the things I've shared before, just to kind of move up a gear in that. And also in relation to some of the stuff I've shared, I've sometimes challenged each one of us about certain areas where we can practically outwork this, but I haven't given you time to do that. And just to run a, on an August... Season just going to have some space, which is why there's some gaps and some pens, where one can just take some time and just reflect and actually put some stuff into practice. So again, just to give you a, a backdrop, when we were doing the series on transformation, it came out of what we call the Great Commission in Matthew, and uh, chapter 28, verses 20 and um, verses 19 to 20. Uh, we're Jesus gathered his disciples and he just challenged them uh, to go and make disciples of all nations and to baptize them in the name of the, you know Jesus, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And, um, and so as a church, we believe that that calling is upon us. That invitation is upon us to go and make disciples, to go into our nations, to go into our communities, and to see that transformation happen is an invitation that we have. And the way that we kind of articulate this in this church is we use this phrase, uh, scattered servants. I know some of you that have been around church will be familiar with that. But if you, if you haven't, really what it means to be a scattered servant is as a follower of Jesus, anywhere, anytime, any place where we are, we are seeking to bring Jesus there into people's lives, into people's communities. And as we do that, we start entering into our ultimate calling and significance. It's not just a nice little term that we decided and sat down one day, we actually did borrow the concept, the idea, the language from somebody else. But the the value, one of the values in this church is we want to see everybody enter into the calling and the purpose that God has for them, that he has for us. And to kind of gain the kind of theological underpinning of a scattered service, I put down three points um, from three different parts in the scripture. To really believe that at any time, any place, God has called us to be. It can be your, kind of your household, it could be your neighborhood, it could be uh, your workplace. Uh, and the example I often give is, I was there last night actually thinking about this, is my local Asda shop um, in Chandler's Ford that I start to believe that I am God's person for that moment in that place, it's to kind of to based on, this prom- on these premises. Firstly, from Esther, for such a time as this, I really believe that God has a plan. And for such a time as this, to use that illustration, I was in Asda yesterday. For such a time I'm here. For such a time later this afternoon, I'll probably be playing football with one or more of the lads, or maybe with Sophie, she wants to do football. For such a time as this, there is reason, there's purpose. Secondly, surely God is in this place. There is no place. We kind of know this concept, but when we begin to grasp it and it flows into our life, it makes every situation excited. Surely God is in this place. We don't have a monopoly on God in this building or in a church building. Wherever we may be, God is there. Some of you know I work a lot with Muslims, and sometimes people say to me, how can you go into this place or that place? Isn't it dangerous? Isn't it going to, like, cause issues for you? And I'm like... The glory of God, we're told, I think it's in Habakkuk, fills the earth. There is no place where the glory of God isn't there. And so, whatever place or situation I go into, whatever place or situation you are in, God is there. Doesn't matter what it is. I was just reminded, I know it's a good feeling, I've seen people healed in toilets. Uh, And so, it's like, God is everywhere. And as we begin to grasp that, we begin to step out of it. And thirdly, this idea, I said there, the Father is always at work. Wherever it may be, the Father is always at work. And so as we begin to grasp those kind of three principles, I'm here at this point in time. The glory of God is here. The Father God is at work here. I just need to enter into what he is doing. It makes everything significant. It makes everything amazing. And so that's the core that we've been challenging each other to do that, to live that as scattered servants. And in that place, just bring in Jesus. I gave a couple uh, a verse there from um, Matthew 5, you know, that idea that we're called to be salt and light. When I previously spoken, I kind of brought along some salt and given some illustrations, but my family's fed up of me leaving salt here. And uh, not having salt when we need it. So you just got to imagine a physical salt. But we're called to be salt. And, um, salt can do many things. But one of the things that salt does is it draws flavor out of things. When you know, you put those salt just to get you salivating, get you ready for your, your roast, whatever. And you've got your roast potatoes or can you just imagine fish and chips for a moment? And, uh, you just put in, the, you know, your salt upon it, it kind of draws out the flavor. Sometimes when you have a meal and you notice, oh, there's not salt there. And when we put salt, it draws, draws flavor out. That's what we're called to do. Whatever situation, whatever community we're in, whatever shop we're in, whatever family relational situation we're in, we are called to enhance it. to Draw flavor out of it. Draw out what God has put in it being a guy who likes to ask questions and a consultant i threw myself a question i can't remember if i put it on your your sheet but it was one of the challenges to myself my my question to myself and to us as a, a congregation is do we enhance do we enhance now when we go into a situation do we enhance do people miss us when we're not there People should do. If we're not at work or we're not in a certain situation, people should notice. A bit like when you, you know, when you forget to put salt in, you notice it. People should notice when we're not there. I was hearing something this week that kind of made me think. It was about this, you know, Jesus, the idea that everybody loved to have Jesus there. Everybody invited Jesus to their parties. I was thinking, do I get invited to everybody's parties? Meant to be, be, be more and more like Jesus. People wanted Jesus to be there because they didn't always understand who he was. Well, actually, generally, they didn't understand what he was. But they knew that somehow he enhanced, he somehow brought flavor into their lives, and they wanted that. And that's why he got invited. And so, that's what we need to be. We need to be salt and we need to be light. We need to be light that shines. And like I put there, you know, light shines best where there's darkness. There's been a lot of talk over the last, particularly last few months, about economic and various sort of aspects, bits of darkness. And like I say in the work I often do, people talk about, isn't that quite dark or that's quite dangerous? But ultimately, that's where light does its best job. And again, some of you are in situations that might seem quite dark. Family situations, work situations my encouragement to you this morning is this is when you come into your own. This is when the light really shines and that's what they need. People know. When you're in darkness, you realize you need light. When you're in light, you don't realize you need light. We're called to be light and we're called to take that light out there. And so that's the call, that's the invitation to be scattered servants. It's not just a nice concept. It's not like a hashtag. Because when we realize that in our lives, everything is different. When we really know who we are and what our role and our calling is, then we would never want to be somebody else. When we really, I'll say that again, just say so that, that's in. When we really know who we are and what our calling is and our role as that meaning when we really know that we are scattered servants and we never want to be somebody else. Us. And it's also really practical. Just to share a story, just to finalize this bit and move on, uh, as in what it can look like being a scattered servant. Um, a f- I don't know, a few weeks ago, I'm trying to remember, we did a, Johnny and Beth would probably be able to tell me. But um, a few weeks ago, we did a what we called a auction of promises. And um, we were kind of raising money for Johnny and Beth uh, and some work that they do in Tajikistan. And we were raising money for a greenhouse. And so the way that we decided to do that, actually I think it sounds like it's my idea, the way that they decided to do it, um, was that we were, particularly the youth, we were going to just say, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. And then people were going to say, I will pay um, a certain amount of money for some youth to come and clean my house or whatever. Anyhow, um, I have two, two youth, I have two daughters, and um, we decided that, with some persuasion and help from dad, that we were going to do gardening. I thought, yeah, they can do that, and I can make sure they don't pull up some precious plants <laughs> and just get the weeds up, and that we're a blessing. And um, and so I knew we got auctioned, you know, it was like three hours of gardening, and Sophie and I were going to come along, and so a few days later, I rang up this lady called um, Liz because I was like, okay, she'd won the bid, and I wanted to know when do we start this gardening. Now, let's get it. Let's get it on with it. Let's get it sorted. And um, Liz says, well, it's kind of a, a bit interesting. It's not as simple as it sounds. Uh, she says, I came to the auction, but I had no plan to auction. You know, to bid for gardening. I have no need for a gardener. Okay, and uh, she said, but I really had this impression that I should um, bid for gardening. So she says, so I went for it. I ended up paying more than I wanted to, but I went for it and won the bid. And um, she was saying to me when I was talking to her, she's kind of thinking, well, um, what does that mean? I don't need a gardener. And um, she just remembered that one of her neighbors uh, a more elderly woman. I can't remember if she'd just recently been ill. Or for whatever reason, I um, hadn't been able to um, put much time and effort into her garden as she normally did. And so she decided that afternoon that she would go over and tell her neighbor. A little bit of nervousness. I mean, how do you go over to your neighbor and say, hey, um, I just want to bid for a gardener for you? Because <laughs> I think your garden needs <laughs> needs sorting out. I don't know. And um, <laughs> But can I give you a bad job? Her neighbor, her daughter, uh, often comes to this church. And so when Liz went over to this person's house, the daughter was there. And um, uh, the neighbor's daughter, I've got to make sure I get all the right pronouns, um, said, did you go to church um, today? And Liz said, yeah. And she said, yeah, it was great. And... Um, um, this neighbor's daughter said, you know, I was really hoping to go because I wanted to go to the, um, the auction of promises. And Liz said, yeah, yeah, it was really, really good. And the, and the lady said, I really wanted to go because I wanted to win the gardening for my mum." And uh, so Liz went, well, that's interesting. Um, here you go. And, uh, you know, the neighbor and the, and the daughter were... Know, just in tears. And that's a great story, in the sense of listening to God and just uh, stepping out. So I was talking to Liz, and she goes, oh yeah, the story doesn't finish. And uh, she says, I remember you, uh, um, one of you in church was teaching about if something good happens in your life, to share it? And in me, I'm going, yes. As soon as when you preach, you're, not, you're never too sure what's happening. <laughs> and uh, I was like, yes. And uh, she says, so I just go to this group there's a group that gathers, and um, we just kind of help to encourage and support each other, um, you know, week by week. And um, we were just discussing about, you know, God and if God speaks. And I was able to just share this story, and that really encouraged them. And so I was going, that's really great, um, you know, Liz. You know, this is partly what we're talking about when we talk about, you know, just listening to God and stepping out. And then she said, oh, um, it doesn't finish there. I'm like, okay. She goes, that was Sunday, and then I can't remember the exact dates. Um, but another day, like a day later, um, she was um, waiting to kind of catch a bus. There means been some problems, so there's a lot of waiting for buses in Winchester that day. And she looked over to a lady, and she just kind of felt, I just had this impression, a fleeting thought, that the person sat there and had a bad experience of church. I would probably just have prayed about it and um, just hoped that. Me, by sitting there, they would be influenced. But um, Liz just, um, you know, just asked her about it. And it was true. She'd had a bad experience of church. Uh, and Liz was just able just to lovingly just chat her in such a way that this person uh, would consider, you know, coming to church. And she could make it work or come to a life group. And, and one of the bits, uh, and so I saw was just going, wow, well don't just keep going for that. That's great. And... Um, and one of the things that really hit me in a party that I shared this story was, uh, you know, Liz said, yeah, um, when you guys have been talking about scattered servants, it has empowered me. I've been around church for a long time. I never really felt I could get involved in a way I want to get involved. But by you guys talking about scattered servants, I realized I have a role in something that I can actually do. And I was like, you bang on. That, you know, that is just so true. And that's why we, one of the reasons why we're teaching this, because each one of us, whatever we're going into tomorrow, whatever we're going back to, maybe this afternoon, we are called to be scattered servants. We are called to lead our communities, the groups we meet with, the people that we meet at the bus stops into life. That's an invitation. I don't know about you, but I kind of go like, yeah. Just, just help me, God. Go for it. So that's the, the invitation, that's the challenge. How does that actually outwork? Because I think if you've been around this church, i have been talking about that a little while, I've been speaking to various people, and it's like, okay, I'm starting to get this idea. Can you just give us a few more hooks, a few more tools that just help us to kind of step forward and move forward? And, and it will vary for different people according to your, kind of your personality and your... Your gift so I'm just quickly just going to whiz through some things that will hopefully um, assist you in this. Firstly, kind of like the before, um, kind of just the foundations. Firstly, again, and I keep driving this home and I will never stop driving this home, just the importance of prayer. If we want to lead our communities into life, we've got to start from the place of being in the presence of God. I'm praying. And there's two specific things I wanted to mention. Firstly, is just praying for the kingdom of God, the reality of his will to be done in our communities, in the lives of those we are around. I imagine that. And I left a space there. Normally i just going kind to of move on, but I just left a space, and I'm just going to give you a literally half a minute or a minute just to, to kind of write down. What are some of the communities that God has placed you in that he's inviting you to bring life into? It could be family. It could be work. It could be a, a hobby that you do. It could even just be something that you're thinking about doing. So I know for me, one of the communities I'm thinking about that God maybe is in, inviting me to impact is um, Eastleigh Running Club. I'm kind of slowly getting up my my fitness level, so that I feel that I'm up to a level where I can talk at the same time as running. And, um, and so it could be something out there. Just take a few minutes just to think, what is it? What are those communities? And really be kind of specific, because I think sometimes we talk about stuff, we're kind of quite generalised. You know, yeah, we want to lead communities into life, and we might put things like Winchester or wherever you may live, you know, Okay, let's just be a little bit more specific. What does it, what does it look like? Because it really helps when you come to pray and ask for God's kingdom to come. If you have some kind of specific thought in your mind, it's a bit like a target. If you don't know what you're shooting at, you're just going to shoot it anywhere. What is it? Some of you, it might take a little bit more thinking. Some of you, you can instantly just think what it's like. And if that's you, just begin to think about what would it look like if God's kingdom turned up there. Just remembering, I used to work for legal in general. I had to do a lot of photocopying, and I was just thinking in my head, you know. And this is again for you, I love to dream. We just start dreaming with God. You know, you're just photocopying, and there's a queue of people to photocopy. What it would look like if the power of God just turned up as you were photocopying? I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Maybe just people standing behind you just suddenly get healed, maybe overcome by the joy of the Lord. I don't know. Why you just start to dream with God? Bible says, with the spirit of the Lord, there is freedom. What would it look like if freedom started coming into some of the relationships? Maybe some of you are thinking about your workplaces, and there's quite a lot of tension and aggro there. What would it look like? Just encourage you just to start praying that way. Start dreaming with God. Ask him to show you what it could look like if he turned up, and then just begin to pray, declare that into your situation. Secondly, uh, a thing I've shared before, if you heard me speak, I've shared it at least a couple of times, but I'll keep, I'll keep mentioning it, if nothing else, for myself, because I need to remind myself. If I want to lead communities into life, if I want to lead people into life in Jesus, I have to raise the dead. I have to see the blind, see. What do you mean by that, you might be asking? Yeah, I want to see that happen in the physical but I also want to see that in the spiritual. And i give you a couple of references there um, in Ephesians and Colossians and I think a few other places. It talks about those who do not know Jesus are dead in sin. And then in Corinthians there, it talks about and the God of this world has blinded the mind of unbelievers. And I've shared this before. If we had some, a literal dead person, if we all decided that for our picnic in a few weeks' time, we decided we were going to have the picnic in the local cemetery. And as part of gonna like um have a picnic and raise the dead. Um day out. If we were gonna raise the dead, I don't know about you, but I'd go like God So maybe you're looking at that and think that's a great idea I can see in your eyes. <laughs> maybe I suggested it's an show. Um an alternative picnic. And um but I don't know about you, I'd be like, God, I just I just need you to turn up. There's no way I can do this in the physical. There's no way I can just you gotta turn up. And it's the same when it comes to seeing people come into a relationship with God. Unless we cry out to God and pray, then nothing's going to happen, bar God's goodness and sovereignty bypassing us, which he does do. But God really likes to work through us generally. And again, I've said this before, and I've kind of challenged you about maybe just thinking of two or three people that particularly you feel like God's saying, I want to pray and see them come into life. And again, I want to just take that extra half a minute, a minute now, and just say, God, which three particular people do you want me to pray for? So again, I just left a gap, and I say, just fill that in. Often when I am doing this, I kind of say, you know, firstly, ask God if if you don't feel like God's saying anything clearly. Think of somebody that you think, I think they're very close. I've had some good conversations with them. And then think of somebody you think, Wow, this would be an absolute miracle. There's no way, this person was always so antagonistic, is never interested. And then go for somebody in the middle. And this is not just a nice little, um, well, hopefully it's not a nice little exercise just to write down in the morning. I'd encourage you to take these away. With the technology we have now, particularly with phones, you can just, you know, just send something, that sends you a message. and just says, I don't know, community or names or something. And let's just start praying. We want to see an increase in breakthrough. For a, a congregation of our size, we don't see that many people um, saying that they want to follow Jesus. And I know it's very much in my heart, very much in the heart of us as a as a leadership team. We want to see a breakthrough. We want to see people regularly. We want kind of just to just be inundated with people telling us that as they are scattered servants, People are coming into a living relationship with Jesus. We don't want to just keep talking about it. We want to see that. So just with those kind of names, I'm just going to pray. because I want to do that. I just feel like I should just pause before rushing on. But we know in your word that says that you so love the world that you sent your son. Because you want everyone to encounter you. And Lord, you know each one of those communities were written down. You know each one of those names written down, God. And God, I pray first that you would just break my heart. You break our hearts, God, that we would just... That we would really want to see these communities and people, God, encounter you. That they need you. That their lives would be enhanced, would be radically different if they came into an encounter with you, if they came into a relationship with you. And So I pray for me, Lord, and I pray for us as a congregation, Lord, begin to stir something deeper in our hearts, Lord. Lord, we know that you're a good God and you're waiting for us to come as children and that we would come to you, that we would cry out to you. See these people come into a relationship with you. Amen. So I'd encourage you, if you want to be a scattered servant, pray. Secondly, just spend time in his presence. As we encounter situations, we release life, we leave transformation, but we can't give what we don't have. And so as we spend time in God's presence, as we learn to um, host his presence, grow in his presence, we will release his presence. Yeah, at the same time, as I put there on your notes, kind of shifting into some of the more practical stuff, we need to interact and talk to people. I say that uh, just because um, I love the presence. I love pressing into his presence. I believe the presence of God brings transformation. But at some point, generally, There needs to be some type of interaction with the people. Sometimes when I meet certain people from a particular flavor of Christianity is the idea that if we do a certain thing a certain way, the presence of God will come and um, everybody will come rushing to us, saying they want to follow Jesus. That that does happen sometimes. I was just hearing stories in Reading, um, Reading, UK, where people are crossing streets because they're aware of the presence of God. But even in those situations, at some point, there's been interaction saying, you know that presence, you know that what you're feeling? That's God. And then leading them into a, um, just leading them in conversation, into a relationship with Jesus. And so, am I still on? I feel like I'm going in and out. But, um, so we need to interact with people. And um, again, because of my, my work I, of, of training people to share Jesus with Muslims, I often come into connection with lots of different churches. And I tend to find uh, with different churches, they tend to measure on one or two different ways of interacting with people, which are what I describe as power, good works, and proclamation. And our desire as a church, and I guess as a movement, is I want all of it. Um, I desire to have all of it and to move in all of it. And so firstly, as we seek to bring life as scattered servants, we want to see the power of God move. It's something that we're not ashamed of. It's something that we keep pressing into. There's lots of scriptural basis for it. I gave you one example. Actually, I gave you two examples from Matthew 10, when Jesus sent out his disciples. Uh, And there's lots of other verses I could say, but it really just says, just go. Announce the kingdom of God. Announce the reality of God is here. And part of that evidence is that you will heal the sick, uh, raise the dead, cast out demons. This idea that as we begin to share Jesus, Know, signs and wonders, healings, whatever you want to call it, should be there, and we need to all be growing And I've been challenged recently, thinking, when was the last time I saw somebody get healed? When was the last time I took a risk? I need to start taking more risks again. This is, you know, part of the the deal. It's not like I can take one. Jesus again and again, lump them all together. Share Jesus, do signs and wonders. Secondly, just do um, do your good works. Um, and again, I just gave you a sort of verses, particularly that one about salt and light. At the end, it talks about just living in such a way that people can see your good works. Um, Isaiah 60 talks about arise and shine, um, and the glory of God rising, and people come into that light, and it kind of states the obvious that you, you've got to live in such a way that shines, and that's a challenge to each one of us, what that looks like. However, even in relation to that, we need to step out and speak. There's a well-known quote um, that people often use by a guy called Francis Assisi, and it says, preach, and if necessary, use words. Apart from there's no historical evidence he ever said that. Um, Francis Assisi actually didn't do that. Um, if you ever look, you can look up his sermons. And, um, and so I'm not saying not do it, but he's got to be part of something more. Yeah, we need to do good works. We need to demonstrate the goodness of God in the way we interact with people. Another way of putting our challenge about this week was is we need to reveal the Father. Jesus came to reveal the Father. And if we say that we are followers of Jesus, our aim should be to reveal the Father. One of my questions I keep asking myself is, what Father am I showing to those around me? Are people being attracted to God the Father through the way that I interact with them? But at some point, we also need to proclaim. But you also need 2 I've been in lots of churches. The main churches I was brought up with as a children, we were all into proclaiming. But there was no power and there was no good works. You need the whole thing. And as a church, I encourage you, I challenge you, I encourage and challenge myself. Let's be people that do all of them. Demonstrate the power. Let's demonstrate the goodness of God. Let's also be willing to share, as I said there, how can they call on him unless they believe in him? How can they believe in him if they've never heard about him? How can they hear about him unless someone tells them? And just to finish off, I want to just share a little bit about how that can look. Uh, as a church leadership, we've been talking a lot about servant le- um, scattered servants, and um, we we're having a, a meeting, uh, particularly Nigel and Joe and Chris and myself, and we we're saying, well, okay, what next? Can't just keep doing another series. I might just squeeze in another talk today. Um, how can we better equip ourselves and as a congregation to do this? And um, and some of the things that I'm sharing here we might touch on again in the autumn term, but it's really just giving us some tools to kind of move forward. As I talk to lots of people, um, there's generally two crowds of people identifying, those who just have that natural ability just to talk to anybody. I don't have that. You know, I just, you know, I'm with them. I was with one of these. I was at a conference this week, and I was with this guy. He just has that ability. You call it the gift of the gab or whatever. He just, you know, even coming out and going to the toilet and coming out, it took 15 or 20 minutes because he would just end up chatting to everybody. <laughs> and um, just some people are just good at that. They're just going to such and they're going to parties or whatever and they just, just have that ability. Um, somebody, she's not here and, and he's very good at that, Joe Hemming. Joe is just great at just talking to, to people. People just love being around Joe and... and interacting with with joe and um and then there's other people which i describe as myself Uh, i'm very happy speaking here on any situation that doesn't fuss me but once the service is ended and i got just me and my cup of tea that's totally different uh i like my space i just find it hard just to yeah i know the principles are small talk but i just I just find it, I find it difficult. I have to intentionally put myself like, okay, I, I need to speak to people. I need to, I'm at Asda, I should speak to this lady. What is it going to look like? What words shall I do? I, I have to really be intentional. I really have to prepare myself. But for whichever category you, to, you put yourself in, I just want to give some tools. I remember speaking to uh, and Jo, and she's like, yeah, I'm, I'm very good at talking to people, but she says, but then I don't know how to start talking about Jesus. It feels like I'm suddenly turning weird, or I'm just kind of, you know, it might come across I'm just being friendly so I can share Jesus. I don't know if anybody else can um, relate to that, but I know a lot of people that just have that natural ability to connect with people have also asked me, how, what, what do you do? Uh, and then people like myself, we're just happy to talk to people. But at the same time, just trying to think about how do we share Jesus? And I just want to say two, two very simple things. Firstly, um, so it doesn't sound like weird it doesn't sound like you've got a gender for somebody uh, talk about who you love I've heard this before she wasn't here but she's here today Katie uh, and um, it's easy to talk about Katie I'm going to embarrass her I end up in trouble but uh, I just love her and, um, and when I talk about Katie I don't suddenly shift into a weird voice let me tell you about Katie. I don't know, I just gotta say. Uh I just I just you know, I just talk about her. She's my Katie. And uh, I love her, it's just gonna kind of, it's natural. And uh, you know and when you talk about Jesus, it should be that way. You talk about your journey, you talk about your history. So when I talk about Katie, she's in a context or something. You know, I went on holiday with Katie and I don't know. Need to come out of it there, but um, um, we did this and we did that, whatever. And you know, she said this, and it's so funny. Katie is so funny. Take it from me. And uh, just um, it's just natural, and it should be the same with Jesus. But that only happens when I said what before when we spend time in His presence. It's not like you're trying to create something. You're just talking about what you love, and the challenge to each one of us is to have that history. You know, if I said I love Katie and I just love spending time with her, let me tell you about um, some, something like 10 years ago. Like, wow, your relationship is based on this great thing that happened 10 years ago. No, I mean, I wouldn't say it's like day by day. It's like any married couple, we work through our fiends. But there's got to be recent history, recent intimacy, recent closeness. And that's what we need. And it's as simple as that. Secondly, and again, I'm just going to... I have more time than I thought, so I'll give you time. It's learning to answer everyday questions. I said earlier on, God is always at work. How can we use the everyday questions we ask to interact with people and see what God is up to? The example I often give is um, Muslims. God's doing a great job amongst Muslims here in the UK. Do you know that? why I just share that, that's just an extra... Uh, I heard um, in Leicester a you know, hundred Muslims come to Jesus uh, and just I was down in Bournemouth you know, some Muslims giving their life to Jesus a couple of weeks ago and I was down there all over the place so be encouraged that's just a, a bonus extra and um, but you know you get asked certain questions and learning how to answer those so let me give you some examples from my life and I'm just going to give you some space afterwards just to think about it but um, some of the questions I, I get asked sometimes is like, you know, what did you do this Sunday? What did you do at the weekend? Um, a question I get asked a lot is, what do you do as a job? Um, particularly when I interact with Muslims, because I tend to confuse Muslims. They say to you, what are you? What are we trying to find out is whether am I Christian or Muslim or something weird. And, um, and each, each of you, you've got certain questions you get asked. And you can use those questions to find out. So I'll give you some examples of what I do. And it varies because all your jobs and the questions you get asked, some of them will be the same, some of them will be dissimilar. But there are certain questions that you will always, often will get asked. If you go on holiday, you'll be asked, what do you do? Where do you live? How can you use those questions? How can you be, be ready? For me, this is very important because, like I said, it's not natural to me. So I have to be um, intentional. So when I was down in Bournemouth for the last couple of weeks with a whole load of well, my family and there's a whole load of Muslims down there. It's a great place to go if you want to speak Arabic. And um, so when I met a Muslim, they said to me, what do you do as a, as a job? I was thinking, what do I say? I could say I'm a pastor. I could say I'm a missionary. Oh, that's not too good. That's going to end a conversation. And um, so I just said, oh, I'm somebody that teaches people from a Muslim and Christian background how to follow and apply the teachings of Jesus to their life. Um. And, uh, and they'd go, huh? Um, then we'd talk about it. They'd say, you know, what are you? Are you a Muslim or uh, a Christian? And I would use a very Islamic term. I'd say, I follow the way. Um, you know, or they, you know, somebody might ask you tomorrow, well, what did you do this Sunday? I don't know. If, they, if I got asked, what did you do on Sunday? Um... I might give them a few answers. I might say something like, Oh, I went to a place where we're, we're trying to learn how to raise the dead. Because we are, I don't know about you, I'm trying to, I'm trying to vague Jesus' teaching more. I'm kind of getting a little bit better on the healing bit, but I just I haven't <laughs> seen a breakthrough on the raising the dead. Uh, or I might say, um, uh, I was just learning how to show the goodness of God. You need to see the, the goodness of God in your life. And, uh, and it can be different. But there are certain questions you always get asked, pretty much. Wherever you go, you sit on the train, you start having a conversation. How can you use those? And so I just want to give you a. I don't know how much time now, but just a, a few minutes. And there's a gap there. And just think about what are some of the things you get asked. And I'm not expecting you to come out with. You know, I come out with quite clear answers because I spend a lot of time thinking about this. How, how can you do it? How do you know if God is at work or something? All around you, people. God is at work at. How are we gonna know who's at work at? At some point there has to be an interaction. Hey, some of you are still writing. <clears throat> some of you have finished. I'm gonna move on. But I just encourage you to keep doing that and just keep practicing. You know, like I say, I, I have some rough ideas what I often say in my situations. Um, and they often change. But that's because I spent I I I try something and see if it makes sense or doesn't make sense in the situation. What reaction it comes? Does it open the door? Does it give me an insight into what the Father is doing? If it does, I carry on using it. If it doesn't, I think of another answer. But once you're kind of inter, inter, interacting with people, you're showing the goodness of God, you're demonstrating the, the goodness of God, and people are interested in Jesus, what next? And again, I've had this conversation with a number of people, people that I... I know I have a, a, God's given them the great ability to interact with people, share Jesus with people, and they say to me, well, what do I do next? I remember somebody asking me, I've I got this person, they want to receive Jesus, I don't know what to do next. And I was thinking, that's a travesty, if we have not equipped you as a church to know what to do next. And so I just, what I do simply is introduce them to your friend, introduce them to your father, explain their experience. And I might say something like this. I'm going to just say a prayer. And um, just because I know from speaking to people, they don't know what actually to say. Uh, And again, it's useful to have it there ready and prepared in your mouth. I'm going to ask you actually to close your eyes to do this, mainly because I was just challenged even this week. um, You know, it's been a while since we've seen anybody in a church service say they want to follow Jesus, and I was thinking been a while since we've thrown out that invitation like anything you want to see more people get healed pray for more people that are sick you want to see more people respond out there in our workplaces in our gathered communities or here we need to throw out that invitation so i just want to do that and this morning i'm going to ask you just to close your your eyes in prayer, if you're fine. And I'm just going to say a prayer, and this prayer would be something that you might find useful, but I think there's maybe even a couple of people here um, this morning, as I've been talking about Jesus and interacting with Jesus, you think, wow, that's that's kind of new to me. You know, I've been around church, I've been around people, and I want to interact with Jesus. I think also there might be somebody here who maybe call themselves a Christian, maybe because they said something a number of years ago, maybe when they were a child. but God's just saying, I want you to give yourself to me again. So if you are in people or if that's one of you here, I'm just going to say this prayer. Again, it's not the words specifically, it's a general idea. So if I was with somebody or if, if you're one of those two people I'm talking about this morning, I would say something like this. Father, I just thank you that you are here. I acknowledge that I cannot do life by myself. Sorry for trying to do life without you. I ask you to come and be in charge and take control of all of my life. Fill me with your spirit. I just encourage you just to keep your eyes shut for a minute and um yeah, and just think about people that that might apply to you, but if you happen to be somebody here who's never um, said a prayer like that, or maybe that person I referred to um, maybe call yourself a Christian but haven't allowed God to control your life for a very long time and want to recommit yourself to him. I just encourage you maybe just to look at me or um, wave at me. I know. I'm going to say one more thing. Um, thank you for the person that responded. I believe there is one other person. But, um, if you talk to this person, you... have You prayed, well, what next? Again, I've not got time, I'm going to give this to you because we're going to hear this again and again. When we interact with people, we're asking them to follow Jesus. We're not asking them to um, necessarily to sign up to a set of beliefs, but a set of beliefs that outwork themselves in a reality. Jesus called us to make disciples, not converts. Jesus invited us to a way of life, to a relationship, not religion. And um, this thing, um, Johnny and Beth did it brilliantly a number of about a month ago, Time Flies By, is what's called a, a um, Discovery Bible Study. And really the aim of this is a simple tool. There's a lot of stuff out there, but this is a particularly simple one. Uh, and the idea of it is it kind of helps you apply the teaching of Jesus your life, not just to have a transfer of knowledge, but to be able to apply it in your life and in the lives of the communities around you. And uh, I'd encourage you to read it, it's something they're going to get. If you ever come to us as a leadership team and you say to us, are you going to set up a discipleship group, um, you're going to get the answer, no. We'll just say, if you meet somebody, you encounter somebody, do a discovery barbershop with them you have birthed somebody, we will help you raise them. But we won't raise them for you. I'm going to pray. Then I can hand over to you all. There's a few things I think God wants to do. God, I just thank you that you have invited us to be scattered servants. God, you have invited us to live Your truth in the lives of those around us, God. And we thank you for that invitation.